everybody. Well, I wanted to take some time uh, this weekend just to maybe take a few lessons. Uh, it is Palm Sunday weekend, of course, and uh, uh, we, there's a passage of scripture. Uh, there's three different accounts uh, of the uh, of when Jesus comes into Jerusalem, and your Bible may say the triumphal entry. Uh, it may uh, it may say uh, you know Jesus uh, is worshipped. Uh, I've seen that in some of the uh, other versions. Uh, but what we're going to do is we're going to read and we're going to see some really cool lessons that we can apply to our daily lives that I think will be a huge blessing to you. Uh, in Luke chapter 19, uh, verses 28 through 40, I'm going to start reading right here about uh, that specific passage that we just spoke of. When he said this, Jesus, he went on ahead going up to Jerusalem and it came to pass when he drew near to Bethpage and Bethany at the mountain called Olivet that he sent two of his disciples saying, go into the village opposite you, whereas you enter, you will find a colt tied on which no one has ever sat. Loose it and bring it here. And if anyone asks you, why are you loosing it? Thus you shall say to him, because the Lord has need of it. Let's just take a moment here to pause and really realize uh, about our own personal lives as we're living in these unprecedented crazy times. I mean, in my lifetime, this has never been done before that I know of or can remember uh, where you can't you get any closer than six feet to, to the next person that's around you. Um, and, and just how crazy the, the, the fear has been. Uh, that's surrounded these times. And of course, you know, you, you'll see it through the media a lot that, you know, stuff worth reporting, I guess, is stuff that has to be negative and full of fear. Uh, I just hate that because uh, I'm, I'm just a half glass full guy and I'm sure a lot of you are as well. But we know that we don't have to be in fear, but we're living in these crazy times. But this is what we can take away from this portion right here. If Jesus had a specific detailed idea of what he wanted to do to get that cult to him and he knew and foresaw all of that don't you think that he has a specific and detailed plan for your life right now as we're going through these times whether it's you're believing god for finances because um uh, maybe a, a job has been taken away or it's it's really hurt your business Whatever it may be, or maybe it's sickness and disease. Maybe you've got a loved one who's actually uh, very ill right now. Whatever it is, God has specific details for your life and a plan for your life. We can be sure of success no matter what we do when he tells us what we should do. He is omniscient, absolutely meaning that he sees the future perfectly. John 16, 13 in the Amplified says this. I think this is amazing. But when he, the spirit of truth, the truth-giving spirit comes, he will guide you into all truth, the whole full truth, for he will not speak his own message on his own authority, but he will tell you whatever he hears from the Father. He will give the message that has been given to him, and he will announce and declare to you the things that are to come that will happen in your future. We know that if we will just get quiet, we will just take the time to sit before the Father, sit before Jesus, and spend some time in His Word, that He will show us exactly what to do during these times and cause us to live free from panic and fear. We don't have to get antsy. We don't have to have angst in our hearts because we know 
that God is going to take total care for us and of us. I want to encourage you just to lean into that. Uh, Don't be fearful, but say out loud, Father, I thank you that your plan for me is perfect and the details of it I will hear from you because the Bible says my sheep hear my voice and a stranger's they won't follow. Moving on in that same portion of scripture, it says in verse 35, then they brought him uh, to Jesus and they threw their own clothes on the colt and they set Jesus on him. And as he went, uh, many spread their clothes on the road. Then as he was now drawing near the descent of the Mount of Olives, the whole multitude of the disciples began to rejoice and praise God with a loud voice for all the mighty works they had seen, saying, blessed is the king who comes in the name of the Lord, peace in heaven and glory in the highest. All his followers rejoice. And this is how they really, this is how a lot of them saw that the king who would deliver them from their enemies and bring them peace. This is how they saw him coming as the triumphant king, as the one who did miracles, signs and wonders. Unfortunately, They didn't realize that the true way that he would actually save his people is dying on a cross, paying for all their sins. This was more of the picture of a true king, but they didn't expect it this way. How many times have you waited for God to bring deliverance into your life over a certain situation, but it looked totally different than you were expecting? How many times did we not even see our day of redemption or that way that God would deliver us because we limited him how God would do it? Now, I'm going to tell a story that probably most of you know. You know, there was this person that was on their roof. The whole place had flooded. They were on their roof to try to stay safe and they were waiting for God to deliver them because they knew he would. Well, someone came by in a helicopter and they said, I'm waiting for God. Thank you. I'm waiting for God to come and, and take care of me. Somebody came along in a boat. And they said, no thanks, I'm waiting for God to take alone, take care of me and, and he'll, he'll deliver me. Well, how many times did, they, did this person actually expect for God himself to come down and lift them uh, to their, to their uh, safety uh, when God was sending the helicopter in the boat? And I know as silly as that story sounds, that's how me and you are a lot of times. We expect God to do things in this little way that we see him doing it without saying, maybe he wants you to take a leap of faith. Maybe he wants you to do something first and tells you to do something that has nothing to do with your situation, but it's connected to your deliverance. So I think it's important for you and I to take all of the ways we think God needs to do it because, you know, we're so smart and we can see everything. That's not how it works, folks. God is omniscient. He's all-knowing. He's all-powerful. He will direct us. He will guide us. He will help us in the way that he sees fit to do it. So we need to listen. We need to obey. And then we need to trust God to do the things that he's going to do for us. Uh, Let's move on to Luke chapter 19, verses 41 through 44 in the Amplified Version. And says, as he approached, he saw the city, it's Jesus, and Jesus wept audibly over it, exclaiming, would that you had known personally, even at least in this your day, the things that make for your peace, for freedom from all the distresses that are experienced as the result of sin, and upon which your peace, your security, safety, prosperity, and happiness depends. 
but now they are hidden from your eyes. It's imperative, guys, that we cling to God's word and keep his truth before our eyes. This will result in three things, I believe. It'll result in a trust in Jesus alone that cannot be shaken. It'll cause an expectation of God's goodness and his love in our lives. It'll cause us to walk in love and show kindness to others. I just really believe, guys, that we are living in a day and a time, not even what we're experiencing today, but we're living in a day and a time right now that if we don't put the word of God in our heart and have an expectation of good in our lives, we may not see the things happen to us that we know God wants to do for us. Now, we're not doing things to get. Don't hear me saying that because we all know that we don't do to get. We do things because we're cooperating with God's word and cooperating with his peace. Jesus has already paid the complete and total price for everything. So we don't worry about that. We don't fear. We don't think like we've got to do some things. Uh, God helps those who help themselves. I believe that Jesus has done everything that we could possibly need for life and godliness to help us. We just need to cooperate with that. But putting the word and and letting go of religious ideology, religious sacred cows, I challenge you to just look at everything that you believe and ask yourself, why do I believe this? Make sure it's steeped in God's word. I've done that over the past five years. I've looked at everything that I believe and really some of the things I believed weren't even in the scripture, unfortunately. It just somehow got stuck in my thinking. You remember the story about the woman who was making a meatloaf and she'd cut off the end of the meatloaf and she'd put it in the pan and she'd make it and her, her little girl was asking her one day, Mama, why do you do that? Why do you cut off the end and put it in the pan? She goes, I don't know, because Grandma always did. Let's ask her. So they call up Grandma and Grandma said, well, the reason I did it is because my pan wasn't big enough and I had to cut it off to get it to fit in my pan. So this whole time she was doing something that was completely unnecessary because she didn't even know that that was the case. How many of the things in our lives do we do because it's just tradition, it's religious ideology? I wanna encourage you to shake those things, to challenge yourself on what you believe and find in scripture exactly why you believe it. When our faith towards God is based solely on what his word and promises are and not religious ideology, we open up our lives to his provision and his blessing. Let's read these last few verses and just close this thing up here. For a time is coming upon you when your enemies will throw up a bank with pointed stakes about you and surround you and shut you in on every side. And they will dash you down to the ground, you Jerusalem and your children within you, and you will not leave in you one stone upon another, all because you did not come progressively to recognize and to know and understand from observation and experience the time of your visitation. That is when God was visiting you, the time in which God showed himself gracious toward you and offered you salvation through Christ. Listen, trying to, to uh, build your house in the middle of a storm is very difficult, but it's not impossible. It's not too late. Start putting your eyes on truth and God will help you build that house, build that, that form of yourself right in the middle of a storm and you'll have good, good uh, help with it. You'll have uh, uh, success with it. 
I believe God will lead you and guide you right now, even in the middle of a storm, to do those things and to help you. So I really want to encourage you to do that. I want to encourage you to take time to pray. Take time to talk to God. Take time to pray with others. Matter of fact, right now on the bottom of your screen, what you're going to be seeing is the number and the access code that it takes to call our prayer groups that meet twice a day, 7 a.m. for 15 minutes, 6.45 p.m. for 15 minutes. It's a wonderful way that you call this number, put the access code with a pound sign in there, and you can join others to pray. That's a perfect way to keep yourself strong in God, to pray with others. You know, we've been called in these times and in these days to humble ourselves and pray and ask God to heal our land. Uh, You and I have the power to do that because we believe in Jesus Christ. Don't uh, let down on your prayer time. Uh, Don't take this time to only binge on Netflix. I know that we're all doing some of that because we're at home. But it's, and that's okay, there's nothing wrong with that. But take the time to keep yourself strong from prayer. Keep yourself strong in the word. So important. Uh, I'm also going to put on the bottom of the screen my phone number. You can text me, uh, you can call me if you need something for prayer or you're, you have a, a personal need that you want prayer about. We'd be glad to do that. Uh, our leadership is right now meeting uh, um, several times a week just to discuss what we could do to better serve you and to help you. We're here for you. Uh, Your chapel family's here for you. Uh, We're here in this together. We've already helped even some people uh, who needed uh, some financial help because we've given them some benevolence uh, that that are a part of our body. Wanna encourage you and and just know that you can do that. There's also three ways that you can give. Uh, we, We still have that going on. I've had several people ask me, well, how do we you know, still give our tithes and our offerings? Uh, one way is, is that you can mail it, an old-fashioned way, to 5 Lakeside Drive, Ocala, Florida, 34482. Uh, or you can go online to thechapelocala.com and you can give there. Or you can do text to give, 84321. Put a dollar amount in there. And um, if you've never done it before, it'll come back with a link that you could put your credit card info in that's completely secure. Uh, you can do that there. I just want to really encourage you uh, uh, to continue to be faithful and honor the Lord. And we're going to continue to believe with you that your finances, uh, God's not called us during this time, guy, uh, to, to survive. He's called us to thrive. And so I'm believing with you that you're going to thrive during this time and be the light of Jesus to everybody around you. Amen. Well, let's take a moment. I want to pray for you and pray for your family. And if you're part of our chapel family, uh, thank you for tuning in. If you're not, you just tuned in to get encouraged. Man, we're so happy that you did. And we're going to pray over your family as well. Father, in the name of Jesus, we come before you right now. And I thank you for the folks who have tuned in. I pray that the wisdom of God would be on their life. I pray that the favor of God would surround their lives. I pray, pray, Father, that you would bless them and keep them and be gracious toward them. I thank you, Father, that your face would be turned towards them and your heart turned towards them, that you would uh, be good to them, be gracious to them and show them the way of peace. Thank you, Lord, for the blood of Jesus that surrounds and covers all of these families and all of these people. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. God bless you. We'll see you soon.